Welcome to Training Room Talk, where we discuss all things performance, rehab, and education. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Training Room Talk. I'm Dr. John Herding here with Rob Rubina. How are we doing? I'm Alex Student. Uh, <laughs> Alex Stewart, our student currently, and Dr. Nick Perigini. Hey, guys. What's going on? Um, what are you guys' thoughts on in-season training? That's what we're, we're going to talk about today, I think. Um, so, Rob, do you think that as any athlete enters their season, they should stop training for the season because now they're just playing sports and they don't want to be sore for their sports. They don't want to lose the ability to perform. Um, should they just stop training completely once they enter their season? Um, no. Why not? Well, let's talk about this. So you train for anywhere from five to six months, you know, for an off season, whatever it might be, three months and you develop Great quality, strength, power, improved movement, improved flexibility, improved joint capacity, more, more tissue tolerance. And you start playing games and you all of a sudden decide just to like stop working or developing those qualities. And there's a lot, especially when it comes to baseball, there's a lot of research on when you throw a baseball, you lose, you know, even just from a range of motion perspective, you lose range of motion. Um, so if you're not doing anything to gain back that range of motion, maintain or improve your fitness quality, strength, power, hypertrophy, endurance, whatever it might be, um, then you're going, your performance is going to decrease. You're not going to be at the same level of performance that you were coming off a off-season training program. And that's where the importance of in-season training from an overall performance standpoint from a health mobility standpoint really comes into play. So if you're just doing your sport and going home, not doing any other activity in your life, such as an exercise program, training program, whatever, um, that's not, that's not good. Uh, your body's going to adapt to just doing that same repetitive motion over and over again. And you develop patterns based off that and then you get hurt. So you know, in-season training is, is, is huge from performance, from an injury, injury prevention standpoint. So if you currently do not have a training program, you should probably do some sort of training. Now, the next question is, what sort of training should I do, Rob? Well, I'm, I'm glad everyone asked. Um, what, short, what sort of training should I do, Rob? Yeah, so uh, in-season training, you know, really depends on the type of person, depends on the level of skill that you're playing at. Um, if we're going to talk about maybe high school, collegiate, and pro players, whose, you know, baseball skills are pretty much five to six days a week. Um, that's a lot of practice, a lot of games. That's a lot of times practicing your skill. So, you know, obviously you're not going to be training four or five times a week. Having said that, uh, you can definitely get minimally two days a week of full body training session in, depending on the person, depending on their training age. But from a general recommendation standpoint, here would be my recommendations. Two days a week of full body workouts, hitting the big lifts, hitting more concentric training, uh, more concentric based exercises. So what I mean by that is more step ups, more hip thrusts, and maybe less squatting and anything that has an eccentric 
component to it. Uh, deadlifts are great because uh, they're mainly concentric. You know, so you're not going to cause a lot of soreness, which is not going to impact your ability to play your sport. Two days a week, full body lifting with those exercises, hitting the main lifts, you know, push, pull, hinge, squat, uh, single leg, um, but also working on qualities that maybe you're not very good at. So, for example, if you're an athlete that needs to get stronger, maybe your rep ranges are going to be in the strength range. Uh, always monitoring volume. So we're not hitting six sets, five sets of exercises, anywhere from two to three, um, still lifting heavy because the, the, the sets are low. So you can, we can monitor volume that way. Um, likewise, if you're someone that's not explosive, right, or you lack power or the ability to produce power quickly, your in-season program might shift to more power-based training, um, again, depending on the person, depending on what their weaknesses are. Um, <clears throat> along with that, from a conditioning standpoint, again, depending on your sport, um, if, you're, if you play baseball, um, you, know, you might need to monitor your resting heart rate to see where your aerobic qualities are throughout the season. A lot of times, the, uh, the, um, you know, if you don't do aerobic training and the sport isn't aerobic, you're going to, your heart rate's going to start to rise and your recovery could be impacted because you work a high-stress you know, sport, high-stress job playing a lot. So again, monitoring your resting heart rate will give us a gauge of when to program some recovery or some aerobic training days from a conditioning standpoint. Um, and then training power. Uh, again, if you need someone to um, get, if you need to train more power, then you're going to do more sprints, more power-based exercises, depending on again your sport, your needs, and your wants. Um, you know, also in season is a great time to utilize any tracking devices if you do. So like, there's a lot of, I know, um, whoop bands. Nick, what do you, what do you use to, to monitor? Yeah. So, um, I use whoop to monitor my, basically whoop tracks three things. It tracks your strain, which is the cardiovascular load on your body for that day. It uh, tracks your, your recovery, which is a, a combination or composite score of your heart rate variability and quality uh, sleep and then you also are able to track uh, your sleep and some certain uh, any disturbances or REM uh, REM sleep and REM sleep just give you some data on um, you know where you're at it helps you make better training decisions if you are in season um, so can definitely be a, a part of you know the, the, the training program yeah so any that, that you have, I think, is, is huge from a player standpoint, from a coaching standpoint. Uh, again, just the more information you have, the better. So you know, that would be covering conditioning, strength training, power training, and, you know, volume of days a week and why to train, I think, is are, are huge, are huge for athletes, especially high school athletes. Like high school athletes, you may be only been training four years at the most, maybe three. You haven't really developed that, that training age where, you know, you're able to maintain qualities longer. Um, whereas if you're a pro athlete, you're 26 years old and training for 10, 12 years, you know, you can probably get by by just working out, training once a week, you know, whatever it might be. So if you're a high school athlete, you should probably be training at least a couple times a week. And I know logistics are tough as well. From you know, if you're a high school athlete, let's 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 think about what high school athlete does. They go to school, start school six forty five seven, get done at I don't know what time they get done two fifteen two thirty, right? 
They might have practice or a game after school from 3.30 to 6, 3.30 to 5.30, something like that. Uh, they go home, they eat dinner. It's now 7 o'clock, and they have to somehow do homework and get a good night of sleep because we've identified that sleep's important. So when do you expect this athlete to work out? It's hard. It's hard. You guys have any thoughts on on logistics, times? You know, when should when when's a good day for an athlete to work out? Well, um, I mean, Rob, going back to that, I'll answer that in a second, maybe. Um, but what about like, are you just kind of maintaining strength in season, or are you trying to continue to build strength as you work through the season with the program that you just outlined? Yeah. So I, I, me personally, I hate the word maintain. Because to me, that says I'm going to the gym to stay the same. And you, that should never be the goal when entering the gym. The, the, you should enter the gym to improve in a goal or quality, have purpose, have direction. And when you have those things, you're going to improve. If you don't have that, if you're going in with the mindset, I'm here not to get worse, or I'm here to maintain, just from a mindset standpoint, I don't really like using that word. Now, are kids actually getting stronger, getting more explosive. Um, oftentimes, maybe no, just because they might come in once a week and they haven't, they just, it's hard to develop qualities when you're training once a week. So in essence, are we maintaining? Probably, but I don't like to think of it as that. I like to think of it as, hey, we're improving, we're getting better, um, so that the athlete can have a, a positive mindset when entering the gym. So, so going back to your question, Rob, about um, thoughts. I, I think in season you have to prioritize, as you mentioned, you have to prioritize sleep and you have to prioritize nutrition. And if you're getting in a lift, if you're able to get in three times a week, great. If you're able to get in two, that's, that's fine. Like you're still going to be able to see progress. Right. And maybe if you, if you have a great, um, you know, a coach that works in a lift uh, the day after a game or something as kind of a recovery game because of the stress of a, of a competitive, um, match that's awesome but if you don't have a coach that's on board with that even just if you can fit in a quick 30 45 minute lift during the week and then another longer one on a Saturday or a Sunday I think that's good and then um, as tough as it is as a high school kid um, especially to get eight hours of sleep like prioritizing the sleep so you can recover um, to to just deal with the stress of the season as especially as the season wears on like sleep and nutrition take a higher priority they should always be a priority, but maybe you're prioritizing them more, um, you know, as you work through the season. Um, that being said, too, would you sacrifice sleep to get a lift in? Uh, it depends on the person. If the person, again, needs to get a training session in, um, we might have to get it in and sacrifice it because this is the only day. They have four games this week. This is their off day, and they need to get a training session in. And, yeah, they're going to have to go to bed at 9 o'clock at night, 9.30 at night, or 10 o'clock after their homework and a workout session. You know, again, not ideal, but if, it's, if that's, that's a, the, the, the cards that were dealt, we got to play them. So I think that's, you know, always, always a challenging thing to figure out. One, as a parent, two, as a player, and third, as a coach, is, hey, what's more important for this person at this time, at this day? And that's why a lot of my advice in season is, hey, let's take it day by day. You know, it's hard to be regimented. It's hard to have a, a, a constant schedule in season. 
um, especially in the high school setting where hey, it could rain out. It could rain three days in a row, and you're not playing for a week just because the fields don't drain. You know, fields aren't as ideal. So, you know, those days where you have rainouts or shorter practices, you know, hey, you have to kind of be on top of your game and on top of your schedule and say, hey, like, I got out early today. Like, let's go to the gym. Let's get my training session in. Um, so it's, it, it's, it's hard. And, hey, you know what? Some weeks you're going to feel like crap and you're not going to want to work out. And guess what? That's totally fine because we're prioritizing sleep that week, nutrition that week, other qualities that are important. Yeah, well, I think um, I, I think the technology is great. Like the Whoop bands are great. I know like certain Garmin watches have them. I think Fitbit, like you can just monitor heart rate with that stuff, and and I think that will give you a little insight into how your central nervous system recovers. Um, but for the majority of people, like high school kids that might not have the funds or the want or need to do that, like they can just go off a of feel. But I think, like you said, Rob, there's all there's going to be times where you can go off feel, and maybe it's just not a day to hit a lift. But there's certain times when you're going to not feel like doing it, and you're going to have to get something in just to make sure you continue to maintain progress. Um, and if workouts are crafted in the right way, then it can actually help your recovery, so you perform better um, later that week in the game or, or a time you have to perform, right? Yeah, well, I think some of those, like the whoop bands, like giving you like your HRV and all that kind of stuff that kind of tells you where you're feeling, right? If you don't have that like subjective, the ability to kind of understand where you personally feel, those numbers really don't mean too much to me, I would think. Because sometimes it tells you, oh, you might not have slept too well, but what if you feel great, right? So if you're able to kind of get that connect between, oh, my HRV is good, or it says I'm recovered and I do feel great. All right, let's get after it. Like sometimes it might just be like a little bit of a peace of mind to be able to have that that connect to your, your psycho social compared to like how your body's actually feeling that day. So I think that's a huge part of like taking home some of those wearable trackers and being able to connect it to your, how you actually feel during the day. Yep. Well said. Um, one more quick thought. Like we've, I've, I've talked about some recovery circuits or recovery days, you know, a lot, of, especially in the college setting where like you have more of a regimented routine you know, you know you're throwing every Friday night um, and you're able to plan out your week a little bit more than maybe a high school athlete who might pitch on Monday, play shortstop on Monday, pitch again on Thursday, play shortstop again on Wednesday. Like, you're always playing, you're always throwing. But in the college setting, you know, you can, you can definitely plan out your, your, your training routine a little bit more. Um, and that's where, you know, you might be able to sneak in three full body lifts as a college athlete, you might be able to train uh, maybe one day of full aerobic day where you're doing 50 minutes of some sort of uh, aerobic training circuit. Um, you can also add in some sort of recovery circuit and, and in season training is great for that because you only move doing exercises five to you know, 10 exercises in a, for a 10 minute, 12 minute circuit, nothing challenging. You should leave feeling great feeling energized, feeling pumped, ready to go study, whatever it might be. Um, doesn't take up a lot of your time. So uh, a 10-minute circuit is, is phenomenal for someone who maybe is day before pitching or day after pitching um, to add into your strength training days or your more aerobic-based day or, again, depending on your heart rate and, and your uh, current capacity, more of your, your power pace, your power day. So, you know, uh, in-season circuits are – are phenomenal for athletes that know their routine or also just as a recovery day. You're doing 10 exercises in a row to moderate to low intensity, 
what's moderate to low intensity. You could just use a simple RPE scale, keeping it low. You can, again, monitor your heart rate throughout the workout session. You can make sure you're staying at a conversational pace. Make sure you can hold a conversation while you're training, while you're working out. Shows that you're, you're at a low intensity level. Um, this makes you feel better. And that's the name of the game in season is you want to feel better so you can compete at a high level. Well, and I think, Rob, could you do that in your living room? Like if you just pick a couple bodyweight exercises, some hip mobility flow stuff. Yep, absolutely. Uh, um, and that, could that be your pick-me-up instead of drinking a cup of coffee yes. during a study session? Yes, 100%. Like, and and that, that's the beauty of it. Like you can customize it to whatever you want. Like if you're someone that's really limited in motion, <clears throat> you know, plays baseball, you know, tr- tr- struggles with protraction, upward rotation, whatever it might be, limited hip IR, you could add in six exercises to do all body weight, all in your dorm room, you know, or all between study breaks in the library. Just don't let anyone else see you do them. All right. So. Oh, haven't you seen the people like doing workouts in like the airport weight terminals, like doing like rear foot elevated split squats on chairs? They're just doing that for Instagram. Let's be honest. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Training room talk, hashtag training room talk on that. Um, but yeah, so I, and, and as hard as it is working through that stuff, like if you're tired and you just want to drink a cup of coffee, like we all know, like if you just suffer through like two minutes of not feeling like it um, and you use that two minutes to gauge if you're going to continue, usually you're okay and you want to continue further because you feel um, like you're a little ramped up. If you get through those two minutes and you're not still not feeling it, then maybe you drink a cup of coffee. But most of the time, if you're getting the, the body fluids moving a little bit after two minutes, then um, you continue for the next 10 and then, you know, um, you feel like you're ready to hit it, hit the books again. Well, I think like some athletes too, like it kind of really deals into like the longevity of your season, right? Like as the season starts wearing on baseball players, like you got a really long season, stuff starts hurting me. once you start getting halfway through, right. And you start losing the fact that you're not working out. I remember like playing college football at Widener season uh, week four comes around and I'm hurting and I'm, I'm putting off workouts. And then at the end of the day, it's really just making it worse, right? Because I'm not keeping up with my strength. I'm not keeping up with my endurance. So by week six, seven, eight, now my body's really just starting to break down because I'm not getting the weight because an athlete's starting to think, well, if I go work out, it might just make me a little bit more sore, which is going to hurt. And it's going to make me, it's going to inhibit my performance when in actuality, it's really on the flip side of that, right? Keeping up on that and, and kind of maintaining throughout the season, not maintaining. I don't want to use that word. awesome guys so there's some of our thoughts on in-season training um again thank you for listening to training room talk if you have any questions hit us up on social media um please spread the word too as we kind of continue to reach toward 10,000 listens um so thanks again guys until next time talk to you soon